0: Second Chronicles in chapter twenty. I'm going to read from that passage of text. Got uh, just uh, got inspired um, from a man by the name of um, Jehoshaphat, and I entitled this sermon "The Man Who Would Not Fast" from Second Chronicles chapter twenty. Second Chronicles chapter twenty. and Of course, it's. Um, Second Chronicles 20 verse as we start there with verse 1 it's about a it is about a man and not only a man but a group Israel who proclaimed a fast and begin to understand some great principles of life but on the other hand there was an enemy there was a group of countries there were A, a, just a partnership of nations uh, that they rose up. um, There is no evidence of them seeking. There is no evidence of them fasting. They just probably thought, hey, uh, hey, this is just going to be a routine battle. Of course, when you got five or six different nations and, you know, uh, quadruple the amount of people um, in God. going against just a smaller group of nation, it's really easy to kind of look at your numbers, look at you, and look at them, and hey, hey, uh, we don't need no help. Uh, we don't need no guidance. Uh, there's no need to pray about this. There's no need to fast about this. Let's just get ourselves together um, and uh, invade um, Israel, invade Judah. But little do they know, um, amen, um, that uh, they were about to embark upon a people that understood something, uh, and that is uh, is that in all circumstances and situ- situations in life uh, that are beyond you, uh, there is a God up in heaven that you can begin to fast, you can begin to pray, uh, and uh, that God will begin to manifest himself, begin to involve himself uh, in the affairs, uh, and uh, they can have a impact and success and victory over those of greater numbers, much more talented, much more gifted. But let's read there, Second Chronicles chapter 20. 2 Chronicles chapter 20, starting with verse 1, it says these words. It came to pass after this also that the children of Moab and the children of Ammon... And with them others besides the Ammonites came against Jehoshaphat to battle. Then there came some that told Jehoshaphat, saying, There cometh a great multitude against thee from beyond the sea on this side of Syria. And behold, they be in Hazazom, which is in, in Gedi. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord, and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah, and Judah gathered themselves together to ask of help of the Lord. Even out of all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. And Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah in and Jerusalem, in the house of the Lord before the new court, and said, "O Lord God of our fathers, uh, art not thou the God in heaven?" Thou rulest and rulest not thou over all the kingdoms of the heathen, and in thy hand is there not power and might, uh, so that none is able to withstand thee. Uh, Are not thou uh, our God, who didst drive out the inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel, and you gave it to the seed of Abraham, thy friend forever?" And they dwell therein and have built thee a sanctuary therein for thy name, saying, If, when evil cometh upon us as the sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, we stand before this house and in thy presence, for thy name is in this house, and cry unto thee in our affliction, then thou wilt hear and help, and now behold The children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir whom thou wouldst not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt. But they turned from them and we turned from them and destroyed them not. Let's jump down to verse 12. But O our God, wilt thou not judge them for we have no might. Against this great company that cometh against us, neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. And all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, and their children. Let's pray. God, Lord, I pray, God, right now by the power of your blood, God. Lord, your hand be upon the messenger. Lord, your hand be upon the messenger. God, speak to us. Help us. Give us insight. Revelation, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray. Um, amen um, and amen. Now, one of the first things I want to begin examining is, of course, the the title is the man, um, or you could say the children um, who um, would not fast. And of course, you know the you know fasting is uh, one of those uh, uh, one of those uh, one of those uh, 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 spiritual truths in the Bible that. Most of the world today, uh, they 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 never practice it. They never involve themselves in it. It's uh, to them, it is viewed as something that is uh, uh, n- they're not interested in. Uh, they are uh, uh, they have no uh, they have no desire to even uh, go in that direction in life. The Bible is very, very clear uh, all throughout the Word of God, uh, from the book of Genesis all the way to the book of Revelation. uh, It shows people in different circumstances and different situations uh, that they fast because they understand something about life. uh, uh, That is, uh, there are things that are beyond them. There are things that they don't understand. There are greater forces that are bigger than they are, but they're not bigger than God. And they also understand that you can go to the house of God, you can begin to pray, you can begin to fast, you can begin to seek the Lord, and God can and will get involved with those who begin to pray and they begin to fast. But here in our text, here is a group that would not fast. We don't have any recorded evidence of these nations that you know before they decided that they're going to come together and they're going to invade Judah you know that they got together and the king said the king Ammon and the Moabite king hey look uh, before we do this maybe we better uh, think about this maybe we better fast about this no no because these people are people like many people today that, you know, they they believe that they do not have to fast, they don't have to give themselves to that kind of manner because they have confidence in their own ability. They have confidence in their own talent. They have confidence in their ability in any situation in life to be able to get themselves out of of that situation, and here we see this army. You know, it was a vast army. It was a big army. It it absolutely outnumbered Judah uh, to, uh, and even Jehoshaphat. In his prayer, he says, "I says, Lord, we are not able to go against this great." Army that is coming against Judah, Amen. I mean, this small group, these uh, several tribes that have linked ourselves together, we uh, uh, we're not able to do this. But see, the whole thing is sometimes people, you know, that won't pray, people that won't fast, Amen. They have a great confidence in their own ability in life, not recognizing. Is that there is a God in heaven and there are situations that are bigger than you and I and no matter what size, no matter how much money, no matter what kind of talent or partnerships we have, it uh, amen, to have false confidence that um, you don't need God, you don't need the touch of God, um, is to, hey man, um, you're going to walk straight into um, a um, bad, bad situation. And of course, uh, the kings, Moab and Ammon and others that have joined them, um, I think that these kings never read the scripture in Ecclesiastes because they were banking on their... Their numbers, they were banking on what they had their hand on, what they could see, but the Bible is very clear. In Ecclesiastes nine eleven. I saw under the sun that the race sometimes is not to the swept, nor uh, the battle uh, to the strong, uh, neither uh, bread to the wise, uh, nor yet riches to men that have understanding, uh, nor yet favor of men of skills, so Ecclesiastes you understand that amen, there are lots of fast runners, but sometimes it is not the fastest runner that wins the race. There are lots of men that have understanding and and and, and are skillful but but they miss out on many of the blessings of life. There are lots of people and, and that and and enter into a battle, but yet sometimes it is not the battle that is strong. It is not the enemy that is greatest. It is not the enemy that has the most uh, has the most weaponry uh, that wins. Uh, God wins that, but. Uh, I, I believe that the children of Ammon and, and the children of Moab and the leaders thereof—they had false confidence. There was no need to pray. There was no need to fast. There was no leader. Amen. Hey, hey look—we are—we are five times the size. We are five times as talented. We can go and we can take that land. They had false confidence in them their own ability, and the man that would not pray, the man who will not fast, is a man who has confidence, a false confidence uh, in things uh, that can be measured and can be looked at uh, and felt. But here we see uh, in our text uh, is the man who fasted. And we begin to look at this. He's a king. He is ruling over a kingdom. He has people underneath him. Of course, being a king, he would have some gifted and talented people. He would have some soldiers underneath him. He comes from a long line. David would have been from one of those tribes. Uh, He comes from an inheritance, uh, a lineage uh, of fighters uh, that have ruled uh, most of the world. Uh, But yet, uh, when uh, this force, when he came to a situation in life, uh, he didn't try to view uh, what he had or his talent or his ability because he understood something uh, and that is that some things uh, are beyond him uh, That in life uh, that his strength even though he was king uh, was limited uh, and that uh, even in overwhelming odds and situations of life uh, there was a God that is bigger than him that is bigger than any problem uh, and that God uh, is a God that you can pray uh, and you can talk to and he loves to get involved uh, with his people uh, and show forth his victory uh, and show what he can do to a fallen world. How many can say amen? See he says Lord we can't do nothing against this multitude. You know it's very interesting to him. Most people when it comes to fasting or when it comes to prayer or when it comes to spiritual warfare in life they gave a lot of Their life upon what they feel. Well, Pastor, I just don't feel. But you know what? Think about Jehoshaphat here. Only thing he's feeling right now is great fear. But yet he understood something about serving God, and that is we don't go by what we sense, we don't go by um, what we feel. If you look, at, well, I just don't feel like fasting. Well, you know, in the years of, of pastoring, there are, I don't think there's any fast I've ever entered to, into that says, oh, joy, no Nando's for the next three days. Amen. How many know? Amen. When you're on that second day of the fast, amen, going by McDonald's is torture. Amen. I remember working that job. Every time I went on a fast, the offices and the places that I went into always had free food. Never when I wasn't fasting. I mean, when I'm not fasting and I can eat, amen, they didn't offer me, amen, uh, a, a, a week-old donut that's sitting there in the, in the cafeteria. But the day I knew, the day that, you know, I'm going to fast, I'm going to pray, we're going to believe God, amen, there'll be food, there'll be donuts, they'll invite me in, and I have to politely decline. And I know that, And but most of the time there is no, when it comes to fasting, when it comes to praying, uh, well, Pastor, when I, I'm waiting for the unction to come on me. I said, well, define that, unction. I don't know how to explain it. It's just an unction. And when that unction comes, then I pray. When that unction comes, then I that. When that unction comes, uh, no, no, no. Uh, I know we sing that song, I Got a Feeling. I like that song. But how many know serving God is not based upon what you feel? Because most of the time, you will not feel God is in charge. You won't feel positive. You won't feel like you got faith. You don't. Uh, there's a lot of things you don't feel. But we don't go upon what we feel. We go upon what God says. And it's very interesting here with Jehoshaphat that he begins to challenge the people to a time of fasting and prayer. And And in his, as he's in the temple, as he's in the house of God, as he's facing the people of God, uh, he's not giving his own words that are coming from inside his soul, because if he did, he would be just talking about how fearful he was. But he is reminding God on what God has already said, because God said a long time ago, uh, when he built his house, when he built this temple, uh, that uh, during a pestilence or or army or a difficult time would come upon the people of Israel, that if they would seek his face uh, in that house, uh, that God says, uh, I would look down and I would hear the needs uh, of my people uh, and I will work uh, and I will do what only uh, I can do. Here is Jehoshaphat. He is... uh, in uh, and reminding God and quoting uh, the Word of God back to God because the words that he is saying uh, was not based upon something he is feeling uh, or something he is made up of. It is based upon what God says. And it don't matter how you feel. Many people say, well, Pastor, I, man, it really felt like prayer meeting went good. Well, you know, I like coming to prayer when you get up and you feel like something happened. But you know, I've learned a long time ago, it doesn't matter what I feel or not after I get up off that chair. Sometimes I feel like the, the cup of coffee I have up in my office after a prayer meeting is more powerful than the prayer meeting itself. <laughs> Caffeine just lights you up. But I'm not so foolish to agree with that statement because I understand that, no, 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 though the coffee might be good, though the coffee might be uh, stimulating, amen, I know that whether I felt it or not, you get down, you amen, you put your needs, God says you present your needs, you give those needs before God and the God of heaven, and he will hear those needs. God doesn't say that, well, uh, I will hear those needs and answer those needs if you get a tickle underneath your left ear. There was a guy that says, you know what? I know God is going to move when I get that tickle. It just kind of, my hair kind of raises up underneath my left ear. I said, well, maybe you just need to, maybe a bug bit you there or something. I don't know. uh, But, you know, everything was based upon, in the religious world, everything sometimes is based upon a feeling, you know, how you feel and, you know, that you got to have some tangible feeling uh, amen to come over your life but here Jehoshaphat Jehoshaphat he's not feeling nothing but fear he's not feeling nothing but trepidation he's not feeling uh nothing but in the, uh, that if God doesn't intervene this is good, not going to be good for him his family and all the families and their wives and the children that are now setting upon him and he is simply rehearsing to those people of God what God uh, has said, and it doesn't matter what you feel. You're pastor, pioneering, get in that church every morning and pray. Well, Pastor, I just don't feel that. Like. It don't matter what you feel. This is what God says. When, when it's time to fast, amen, fast. Well, Pastor, I just don't feel it. Like. Well, who cares what you feel like? Just uh, God will reward. God will help. God will open up God, there's a dimension of God that uh, when you pray, and especially it's accompanied by a period of fasting, uh, that God of eternity will um, intervene. Now, as pastor closes here, so I can let you go, so you can go down to your Nando's. I know, I'll get you out of here early so you can have double meals tonight. <coughs> hey Amen, You can. you can... Before a big race, you know, uh, a couple of marathons, you know, they, they always say you have to carbo-load, amen. You just eat a bunch of carbohydrates the night before so it can carry you through that 26-mile stretch or 48-kilometer race, carbo-load. So you, you can go and carbo-load tonight, amen, after the service. So, but um, I got another three hours to go. I'm just starting to, you know, this is just my introduction. But, but there's some things here I want you to notice. He proclaimed the fast. He stated what God had already spoken and written, but then in 2 Chronicles 20, and it is verse 14 and 15, it is, you can see, God beginning to honor, you know, God beginning to help. It was... After they started praying and after they started fasting, that all of a sudden this happens. Look at this. Uh, verse 14, 2 Chronicles 20 says, Then upon Jehazel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Beniah, the son of Jael, the son of Matata, a Levite of the sons of Asap, came the Spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation, and he said, Hearken ye all Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou King Jehoshaphat. Thus saith the Lord unto you, be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow go ye down against them. behold, they come up by the cliff of Zis, and you shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Zael. You shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves, stand ye still, and see the salvation of God with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against him, for the Lord will be with you. Now here, I mean, this is a modern nation, Israel. This is a modern king. This is a people that have governments, monies, banking system, businesses, but yet here are people that in in the midst of this, amen, they the what some people appear to be old-fashioned prayer. Amen. Well, prayer is something for generations past, fasting uh, old, uh, old, old thoughts, uh, old technology, old theory, amen, we no longer need uh, all that, but yet in this, these people, they begin to fast and pray, and don't you know, and you know, pastor has noticed, and we've fasted many times over the last years uh, here in El Dorado Park, wherever I've pastored, and it is amazing to me uh, how, It is that when you begin to pray, when you begin to fast and you begin to actually aim your Aim your spiritual aim and focus yourself uh, on a particular thing. Of course, we got Bible conference coming. We got lots of people coming in from all over South Africa. They've been for five months. They've been under lockdown for months. They've some of them have lost their jobs. Some of them have for three or four months. They never were able to come inside their buildings and even have a service. For, and for others, uh, it was uh, streaming at home uh, with uh, just your your uh, your 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 Samsung or your your iPod or your i- uh, your iPad there and so they're coming in and I want to tell you god uh, there is a need. There's something that needs to be done. It is way beyond us in El Dorado Park to be able to do anything, but there's a God in heaven that we are praying for, we are fasting for, we are believing God for, that in the midst of this pandemic, in the midst of, amen, what appears to be a, a a victory for hell because he's able for the period of time to shut down the churches, that the God of heaven, the God of all eternity, the God that is bigger than the National Command Council and any government of the world uh, would get involved uh, and do something uh, that we can't do. And when you begin to pray and fast and believe God uh, like Jehoshaphat and the children of God as they begin to fast uh, all of a sudden uh, God begin to move in the spirit God begin to speak to the prophet uh, and the prophet stood up uh, and begin to prophesy uh, that hey, hey, this is going to be all right, Jehoshaphat. Things are going to go well. Uh, God is going to fight your battle for you. And of course uh, that is the beginning and of course they would have to mount up they would have to walk towards the enemy and isn't it something not only does God from this fasting and prayer session that they begin to get themselves involved in not only does the spirit of God but God begins to reveal where the enemy is coming from the enemy is coming from this meaning it gave uh, Jehoshaphat said, "I don't know what to do. I don't know what's going on here. This is uh, this is bigger than me. I don't even know where they're coming from. But then the Spirit of God, after this fact, begins to move and actually begins to give revelation and begins to uncover uh, the enemy. How many know fasting and praying? It does uncover hell. Amen. It does. Amen. Open the eyes. It does bring things out." for you and I and the people of God to, to see. But not only that, they walked, and of course, he said, no, you go and you walk towards the enemy. Battle's not yours, and of course, by faith, they're, they're walking towards where the enemy is. Jehoshaphat just tells the people, he says, look, uh, I want the singers to praise, I want to, I want you." Uh, the priests are going to be there. We're going we're to sing. We're going to worship God. And, and don't you know, for the man that would fast, look at this. I mean, the enemy is totally, this big enemy, this enemy that was quadruple the size, more talented, more resources than Jehoshaphat and his people ever had, all of a sudden, God causes a commotion amongst them and they start fighting amongst themselves and not only that they actually i mean it's one thing to slap one another but how many knows another thing to kill one another but in second chronicles 20 24 and when judah came towards the watchtower of this particular place that god guided them in the wilderness they looked unto the multitude, meaning these multitude that they were terrified of, that they didn't know how they were going to combat. This was out of their zone, out of their league. They looked unto the multitude, and behold, there were dead bodies fallen to the earth, and none escaped. I mean, I mean, for the man who fasted. For the children who fast. I'm not talking about children, amen. If you're a a child that's 10 years old, I don't think you have the business of fasting, you know what I mean? Some of you parents, some parents, no, no, I think think little Johnny needs to fast. Well, how old is little Johnny? Oh, he's eight and a half. No, little Johnny don't need to fast. Little Johnny needs to eat. Well, that means I got to fix the sandwich. That's right. And you got to have the discipline enough to give it to little Johnny and not take a portion before you give it to him. But the children, the people, when they all of a sudden, God got involved and did something that uh, Jehoshaphat and the people could not do. And not only that, if you go on, I believe it's verse 26 and 27 or 24 and 25 there, it says, when they came, they seen the dead bodies fall on the earth, none escaped. And when Jehoshaphat and his people came, To that place, that to take away the spoil of them, they found among them in abundance both riches with the dead bodies and precious jewels, which they stripped off for themselves uh, more than they could carry away, uh, and they were they were three days in gathering uh, the spoil because it was so much. See. The man who wouldn't fast and pray is the man who, because he depended upon the wrong thing, he depended upon what he could see, he depended upon what he measured, he ended up losing everything. That group and partnership, they lost everything. The man who fasted, the children who fasted and prayed, who look to the God that was bigger than heaven, the earth, that recognize that there is in the world we live in, even though God has made us talented and gifted, people are able to accomplish great things. Amen. That you never should get to the place, no matter how great, how talented, how smart, how wise, that all of a sudden, amen, that you don't need or recognize that there is a God that is bigger and higher than you. And he is worth seeking and surrendering your life to. And Jehoshaphat and his people, they prayed and fasted. And at the end of that, not only did God move to reveal God, amen, that enemy, God was able to take care of this chapter in Jehoshaphat in Judah's life. Amen. I want to tell you, there is something powerful. You can read it over and over again throughout the the Word of God, fasting and prayer. It's not something we do every week. We're not, you know, fast three days and, you know, eat four days every week of the year, but we are... There are seasons of time where we gather together and fast and pray because we realize, uh, amen, that there's a connection of what God can do for us. Let's bow our heads for a moment. Every head bowed. Every eye closed.